Welcome to today's podcast, Casting Down Idols. This is the podcast where we talk about addictions and recovery from a biblical point of view. I'm your host, Pastor Mike Dixon, and I'm addressing the problem of addictions from my own personal experience, but most importantly, from a biblical perspective. Whether it's drugs, alcohol, sex, shopping, gambling, or overeating, or whatever struggle you may be facing, I want you to know there's hope for change. It's my prayer that through this podcast, you'll pick up some tools and encouragement that will enable you to live addiction-free. I've been clean and sober now for 31 years, and you can too. So let's learn, grow, let's encourage one another on this road called recovery. Greetings, everyone. It's Pastor Mike Dixon, the host of the podcast, Casting Down Idols. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode today. Today is Monday, June the 1st, 2020, as I'm recording this episode. I hope that you're doing well. It's a beautiful day here in eastern North Carolina. I thank God that I know God's in control. Because let me tell you something, in the time in which we're living right now, there is so much chaos, so much anarchy, so much anger, so much violence going on right here in our country in the United States of America. A lot of it is in backlash to the tragic death of an African-American man by the name of George Floyd, whose life ended in a neighborhood of a, a downtown, south of downtown Minneapolis, Minnesota, one week ago today. The date of his death was May the 25th, 2020. George Floyd's life ended under the knee of a law enforcement officer right there on the streets of Minneapolis, Minnesota. A terrible, tragic ending to a life. And it seems that it's so unnecessary and so rampant in our society today where uh, there is so much a uh, disregard for human life. People have forgotten we're all created in God's image. Ever since that death one week ago today, there's been rioting. There's been protesting. I know there's been peaceful demonstrations. I thank God for that. But there's been groups that have come in in the midst of these protests and have actually wreaked havoc. I mean, looting stores, busting out windows of Target department stores, uh, going into these places of business, setting some of them on fire. I mean, I've seen on the news, and you probably have too by now, uh, people just toting off baskets full of goods, merchandise, through in carts that are so stacked high. I'm talking about grocery carts, these four-wheel carts, and they can't hardly get it out the door because it's so loaded. I mean, people just stealing, people looting, people vandalizing. I understand that even more lives have been lost through these unpeaceful demonstrations. And again, I know all the demonstrations are not violent. And again, thank God for people that know how to protest and do it in a peaceable manner. And I think in light of the way that this uh, gentleman passed away, there needs to be protest. Oh, we need to stand against wrong, but we need to do it the right way. Just seems like there's so much anger in our society today. You know, we're still in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic, and a lot of people are, are angry about losing their jobs. A lot of people are angry about their financial uh, situation. A lot of people are angry that, you know, businesses have shut down. A lot of businesses that have closed down through the stay-at-home order through this pandemic are not going to be able to reopen again. And so a lot of things here are kind of fueling the fire as far as anger in our society today. So I just want to address this problem of anger uh, from a biblical perspective. 
you know, I know we all have to deal with anger. And again, there's some things that we ought to get angry about. We ought to get angry about injustices. We ought to get angry about racism. We ought to get angry about discrimination. We ought to get angry about the way that not only black people have been treated in our country, but how about Native Indians, Native Americans, how they've been treated in our country throughout the history of the United States of America. We ought to get angry anytime there's a group of people that are being singled out and being targeted by unfair discrimination, who are being treated less than human. That ought to make us angry. We ought to rise up with one voice. But let me tell you, two wrongs never equal a right. Just because there's been a wrong done doesn't give you permission to go out and do another wrong or multiply that wrong over and over and over again. I'm telling you, we ought to stand up. The only way that you're going to put a fire out is not by pouring gasoline on the fire, but you've got to get a bucket of water. You've got to douse that fire. You've got you to have an opposite reaction. And what we want to do in the flesh, I'm talking about every single one of us, we're all fallen. We live in a fallen world. Every system in this world is fallen. It's imperfect because of sin. What we tend to do in this fallen world, in this fallen flesh, is we tend to want to respond likewise. So if somebody hits us, we want to hit them back. If there's a injustice that happens, a lot of times we want to respond to that injustice with another injustice. Well, I'm telling you today, and this is what we're going to be talking about, there's another way. There's a different way that we ought to be responding to things that happen around us. Just like the death of George Floyd, just like the injustices that are carried out in systems in society that are there, actually structured there to protect us, and they end up harming us, and that makes us angry. But we ought to respond in a way that's constructive and not destructive. You know, as I talk about this issue today and I talk about counseling, uh, you know, all counseling has the same goal, and that's for change. No matter what kind of counseling it is, the counselor or the group leader desires to promote some kind of change in the lives of those that he's counseling. Now, in secular counseling, the question is usually asked like this, how does it make you feel? And if the response is negative, if the person responds, well, it makes me feel unhappy or it makes me feel sad or it makes me feel angry. In secular counseling, usually the counselor will suggest ways that the situation or the stimuli can be changed. So feelings can be more positive in nature. Uh, in other words, so people can be more happy. People can be more pleased. People can be more excited. So in secular counseling, uh, the models in secular counseling, are, are they determine the course of change has everything to do with what's going to make the counselee happy. In biblical counseling, the goal is not necessarily personal happiness, but rather the goal is to promote godly thinking and biblical behavior. You know what? We're all in need of some type of change, me included. None of us have perfectly arrived yet. I mean, we all struggle with things in our Christian walk and our relationship with God, things that ought not to be holding us back, things that ought not to be part of our lives. I mean, can you look, let me ask you this, can you look back over your life and can you honestly say, I am much closer today to what I ought to be than I've ever been before? I know that we're not always what we ought to be. But we should be so much more like Christ today than we've ever been before in our lives. See, that's the kind of change I'm talking about today. Change, you know, it doesn't come easy many times. We're creatures of habit. 
And the old manner of thinking, the old manner of living just doesn't want to readjust so many times, even as we receive new truth. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, we seek to apply that new truth to our lives. And the result oftentimes in the midst of this struggle of change is anger. We become angry. We become angry with ourselves. When we fail, when we disappoint others, when we disappoint ourselves, we feel like so many times that we disappoint everyone around us, we can get angry. We get angry at others when they, they continually uh, attempt to hold us accountable a lot of times. I mean, we're shouting from within. You know, when people want to hold you accountable based on your past behavior, what we want to say is get off my back, Jack. I mean, let me breathe. Will you ever trust me again? Have you ever felt like that? I mean, it's real easy to lose trust and to cause people to lose trust in you. But my friend, it takes time to gain that trust back. And we're not, uh, most of us are not very patient beings. We're very impatient beings. And so we want stuff and we want stuff right now. So we're like, when are you ever going to trust me again? And we can get angry about that. You know, those times you got to remember the reason why those around you are struggling to trust you. It's because of your past behaviors, because of all the times. It's because of you. All the times that you failed, all the times that you messed up, all the times that you've chosen to go the wrong direction, all the times that your behavior has been full of um, deceit and uh, distrust. You got to remember that. You got to you got to remember you got to prove yourself trustworthy again. You know, it takes time to reestablish trust with others. Be patient. Be determined more than ever that you're going to show everybody, you're going to show yourself that you're not the person you used to be. And trust will return in time. But many other situations in life invoke anger within us as well. You know, we often get angry when things don't go the way that we'd like for them to go, don't we? When we feel threatened in some way, whether that pertains to our physical well-being or, or if, it, if it's threatening our plans or our dreams, we feel like they're being threatened. We often try to regain control by lashing out in anger, especially in the news recently, all the, all the responses of anger again, the things that are happening in our society and people just lashing out and really through their ungodly anger, they're making things worse. They're striking out with violence. I mean, they're destroying personal property property that doesn't belong to them. They're lashing out and hurting other human beings. Why? Because they're angry. Because they're mad. You know, anger can become such a strong emotional response that it rises up within us, causes us to lash out. We end up saying things. We end up doing things. We end up acting in ways that causes us great remorse and regret later. I mean, how many times has it happened to you? I know it's happened to me. We're in the flesh, in anger. I'll end up saying something. And right after I say it, I'm like, why in the world did I say that? Why did I lash out in anger? And really, it leaves us feeling broken. I mean, we feel like, man, when am I ever going to learn? When, when am I ever going to change? And so let's consider the issue of anger. I hear people ask many times, they've asked me, you know, why do I get so angry sometimes? Why do I lose my temper and say and do things that I know I shouldn't? I mean, it just seems like I'm out of control. What can I do about my anger? Much like a volcano just erupting. And I think about ungodly anger in our society today. Basically, there's two unbiblical ungodly ways that people can deal with the emotion of anger. One is like a volcano. 
And it's obvious by looking at those individuals. I mean, you don't have to be very close to those folks as far as distance-wise to understand that they're angry because they blow up like a volcano. I mean, the smoke and the fire and the ashes, I mean, it's just erupting. Hot lava's rolling down, and it's just affecting everything around that volcano, around that person that's just lashing out. And so, you know, we can easily identify that kind of person because everybody hears them. Everybody sees them. Uh, they're saying, look at me. I want attention. You're going to hear me. Pay attention. And that's a lot like these, a lot of these violent rioters, protesters right now that are going through uh, their protesting in an ungodly manner uh, in response to the terrible death of George Floyd. But there's the other extreme. And that's the person that's, that cans it, that bottles it up. That's the person that's still angry, but you don't know it because they're holding it down. They're holding it within them. I think a lot of times is that kind of person's being like a pressure cooker. And a lot of times that pressure just builds up until finally that person blows his top and he's the volcano. But it's 10 times worse because he's bottled up all that anger within him. You know, when it comes to anger, anger, anger doesn't have to control you either one of those ways. You don't have to be like a volcano. You don't have to be like a pressure cooker just waiting to blow your top. I mean, both of those ways are destructive when you think about it. The person that's like a volcano, it's obvious he's going to destroy anything that's in his path. He's kicking the dog. He's hitting the wall. Yeah, he's uh, hurting people around him, if not physically, at least with tongue lashings, uh, because he's like a volcano. And the other person that's like a pressure cooker, when it comes to anger and bottling it up like a pressure cooker, he's he or she's destroying themselves. I mean, physically, blood pressure is going up. Physically, stress is increasing. Physically, the heart rate's increasing. All these physical things are happening in that person's life. And really what he's, that person's ultimately doing is he's destroying his own health and his own sanity. Biblically, we ought to rechannel anger, not holding it in, not lashing out, but we need to redirect that energy of anger towards solving the problem. We've got to come up, we've, we've got to be part of the solution, you're hearing me, and not part of the problem. And what burdens me is when I see all these people lashing out in anger today and any kind of injustice that's happening around us, and they're just making it worse. You're just pouring fuel on the fire. Again, two wrongs never equal a right. You know, what gives you the right to lash out and to go and, and, and to loot a store, take merchandise that doesn't belong to you? What gives you the right to burn down a building that doesn't belong to you? What gives you the right to lash out and to hurt another human being? I know you're hurting. We're all hurting. I know you're angry. We're all angry. But we've got to redirect that, that energy of anger in a constructive way, not in a destructive way. We've got to be part of the solution. I mean, anger can be like dynamite. God help us. In our country, God help us. All this anger, all these things that people, people are dealing with, not in a very good way, certainly not in a very constructive way. God help us to know what to deal, do with our anger. You know, in the Bible, we see our Lord Jesus Christ, and even he got angry. I think about when he overturned the money changers' tables in the courtyard of the temple. Remember that? And the Lord was certainly angry there. He turned over the table of the money changers because uh, what they were doing is they were taking advantage of God's people. 
but his anger was not the type of anger that promoted a wrong. It was not a destructive type of anger. Our Lord got angry about the injustice that was going on, but I don't see him slapping people around. I don't see him burning buildings down. I don't see him taking uh, things that didn't belong to him. And when I think about Jesus, he's God in human flesh. He owns it all anyway. And so if he was to take something, he's taking something that belongs to him to begin with, not so with us. You know, the Bible tells us that we can be angry and not sin. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 tells us, be angry and sin not. And so it's possible for us to be angry and not sin. Let me give you a definition for anger. I came up with this definition years ago, and, and uh, I know it's, you know it may be lacking, I don't know, but it's the best definition I could come up with uh, in all the counseling, training, and experiences that God has given me over the years. Anger is simply this. It is an emotional response. I'll pause there just to say, I think we'd all agree with that. It has a lot to do with our emotions. And it's a response. It's an emotional response to a perceived threat. That's it. An emotional response to a perceived threat. Anger is an emotional response that we have to some kind of threat that we're perceiving. You know, uh, the, the threat really doesn't have to be real. It doesn't really have to be uh, justifiable. If we perceive it to be a threat, we're going to respond to that perceived threat. I mean, you know, if you perceive a dog's getting ready to bite you, that dog may be the friendliest dog on planet Earth. But if you perceive that dog to be a threat, that's going to that's going to determine how close you get to that dog. That's going to determine what you do in relationship to distance between you and that animal. This just brings up another point. You cannot always trust your emotions. We go through life. We cannot allow our emotions to lead us through life. We've got to choose to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us and to lead us and to control us, our actions and our responses and our thought processes. God commands us, as recorded in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, and do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. It's interesting that God contrasts being filled with the Spirit with being drunk with wine. Drunkenness in the Bible is really a picture of all substance abuse issues, including drug addiction. If somebody under the influence of drugs or alcohol is being controlled by that substance instead of being consumed and controlled by God. My friend, friend, I want to give you a challenge today. I'm praying that this will be the day you'll be determined. No longer are you going to place yourself under the influence of anyone or anything else other than God's precious Holy Spirit. You received God's Holy Spirit immediately when you accepted Christ as your personal Savior. When you put your faith in Him, you're baptized in the Spirit, you begin to be filled in the whole, with the Holy Spirit of God. Now, as a Christian, you ought to continually ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you in your thoughts, in your behavior, in your action. You see, overcoming anger issues is not simply just trying real hard to stop acting out in anger. Our actions are coming somewhere and our actions are coming from they're originating from our thought process whatever it is that we're thinking to be true in my definition again of anger simply states anger is an emotional response all of us can relate to that truth that anger involves our emotions sometimes those emotions can be very intense and very controlling anger is also a response that we're having towards events 
our uh, things that are going on around us, or even things that are going on within us. You know, perceived threat. You know, the anger is a result of a perceived threat. Whatever we're perceiving to be true, that's going to be true based on how we're thinking about it, whether really it's true or not. And Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 32, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. So we've got to make sure that we're focused on what is really true. That I'm not just perceiving something to be true, but it actually is true. We need truth in our lives. I mean, we're going to know the truth and the truth will set us free. Where am I going to find that truth? Well, when I tune into heaven, when I listen to God through his word, God's truth is always going to be true. What God says is always going to be faithful. I can always trust what God says. And so think about it just a moment here. When anger begins to well up within you, what you need to do right then in that moment is you need to begin to ask yourself, what am I thinking right now? What's going through my mind? In my thought process right now, what am I focused on that's causing this emotion of anger to well up within me? Is my focus on the Lord? Is my focus on God? Or is my focus on, on myself? And I'll say probably 90, 95% of the time when we deal with anger in our lives, it's not because we're focused on God. It's because we get so focused on ourselves. We've got to identify what it is in my thinking that's motivating me to have this emotion of anger that's welling up within me. And usually a lot of times it's thoughts like this. This is not going the way that I planned. This doesn't fit into my schedule. This is not what I expected to happen. Or thoughts like, who are you to treat me this way? I deserve better than this. You see, all those thoughts right there that could lead to the emotion of anger welling up within us is self-centered. It's all about me. It's all about my plans. It's all about what I think is unfair instead of being focused on God, the God of the Bible, the God of my life. You know what? I need to trust God even when things aren't going the way that I planned, even when unexpected events happen in my life, even when injustices happen in my life. I need to know God's in control. God's going to use this somehow for his glory. God's going to use me in this process and in facing this wrong and speaking out and standing for what is true. And so I've got to trust God. See, anytime we get angry, anytime we feel this emotion of anger, we got a choice to make. How am I going to allow this anger to affect me? Am I going to allow it to control me? Anger is not something within you that you've got to let out. And in secular psychology today, we hear a lot about venting and, you know, secular psychologist or counselor may instruct their counselee. Well, you know, uh, you got to let it out. So get this pillow, get up on a mountain, just beat the tar out of that pillow. Just let it out. Just let out the anger. Anger is not something in you that you got to let out. Anger is an emotion that wells up in you that ought to give you a signal. Something's not right. What are you thinking about? What is your focus on? And the something that's not right may be that you're self-centered and you're self-focused instead of being God-centered. Now, there is a righteous anger. And the righteous anger tells us something's not right. Something's not right with society. Something's not right with the world system. Something's not right in worldly government. Something's not right in law enforcement. Something's not right in the world that we're living in right now. And that's something that's not right is the fact that there's evil among us and there's evil in us. And what causes people to do things that they do today and just disregarding human life? 
just taking human life, just disregarding the fact that we're all created in the image of God. You know, black lives do matter. Native American lives do matter. The lives of all mankind do matter. I mean, even the life of a criminal, a common criminal, even that life matters. Are you hearing me? God loves all people for God so loved the world. Not just one race, not just one nationality, not just one skin color. God loved the whole world. He loves every single person. He loves the homeless person. He loves the drug addict. He loves the meth addict. He loves the crackhead. He loves the heroin junkie. God loves the alcoholic. God loves you. God loves you. And so whoever it is in your life and in society today that you have a tendency to look down upon, to think of as being less than, let me just remind you, they're created in the image of God Almighty. When we disregard human life, when we mistreat one another, we're treating the image of God with disregard. God help us. I'm going to end this episode right here, and I may pick up in a few days when I come back and do this next episode. So I hope that you'll be checking that out. But right now, I just want you to think about some things. We got a lot in our society right now that we should be angry about. We should be angry when injustice happens. We should be angry when lives are taken unfairly in this world. We should be angry when human life is disregarded, when people are taken advantage of, when people are abused. We should be angry at all these things. You know, we ought to be angry anytime things happen in our society that are not godly. But we need to allow that emotion of anger, that energy to be channeled, structured, pointed towards, directed towards finding a solution to the problem of injustice and not being part of the problem. We need to follow our Lord's example. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your truth today. I thank you for being a God. In the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the emotions that are stretched to the max right now, in the midst of all the violence that's happening around us, and Lord, the ungodly anger that we see being demonstrated all across our country right now, God, we confess you're still God. You're still in control. And Lord, we confess we know we're in a fallen world. Lord, we know the system's corrupt. Lord, we know that's true. But we know as born-again Christians that, Lord, we're not just part of this kingdom. First of all, we're part of your kingdom. We belong to you. We're supposed to be light. We're supposed to be salt. We're not supposed to be just reacting to a fallen, corrupt system around us. We're supposed to be making a difference. We're supposed to be shining our light. We're supposed to be making a godly, positive impact on a world that seems to have gone crazy. And Lord, I thank you today in the midst of the pandemic, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the, all the things that are happening in our world right now. Lord, I thank you that we're part of your church. I thank you that you're coming back for us, Lord. I thank you that we're just traveling through. And I thank you, Lord, that we see through the lens of Scripture today everything that's happening right now in the time in which we live. All of it is in direct fulfillment of what you said is going to happen in the last days. Even so, come quickly. Lord Jesus, help us to be faithful to you. Help us, Lord, to make a godly difference in the midst of this world that's hurting, that's struggling, that's seeking answers. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. I hope that you'll be blessed this coming week. I pray that you'll pray for our nation uh, that's uh, just in in disregard right now. Pray for the unrest. Pray for the violence. Pray uh, for those in authority. Pray for those that are angry right now. Pray for the families that are hurting right now. Pray for one another. I want you to stay focused. I know the devil, the enemy, our flesh uses times like this in our lives and in our society to discourage us, to cause us to want to go back into the old way of living. I want you to be on guard against that. You don't have to make that choice. Make the choice today that you're not only going to stay clean, you're not only going to stay sober, but you're going to stay godly. You're going to stay righteous. You're not going to allow anger to control you. You're going to allow the Holy Spirit of God to control you. Pray for me. I'll be praying for you. God bless you. Until next time.